0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello everybody, we are coming to you on January 18th, another great Wednesday with issue 61 of the Comic Book Informer. As always, I'm your host, Vince, along with the hardest working man in podcasting. What's (laughs) up, Rod?
0: Today at least, today. (laughs) (laughs) You're going for what, like four hours straight? You're pretty good. (laughs) Dear Lord, dude. It's been been great interviews, but uh, it's been a busy day.
1: So, everybody, make sure to check out the uh, other podcasts we do, uh, For the Lore, for a great interview with the lead writer for Star Wars The Old Republic, and then the other podcast Roger does with his son, The Droidcast, for a great interview with uh, their community manager, Stephen Reed. I'm uh, really looking forward to listening
0: to both of those. They were fantastic, and... I mean, both in their own way with, uh, with uh, Daniel, it was obviously much more about the writing. what went into the stories and things like that, which is something that I think our listeners here would be able to really appreciate. And uh, we even did talk a little bit about the, the Lost Sons comics series as well. And, and so that was very interesting to get that perspective. So, and there, there might be a possibility of getting the writer of that to pop on this podcast. and A big might, but it is a might. Trifecta. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, we're going to jump into some news this week. Uh, The day after we recorded last week, of course. I think DC's on to us. The day after (laughs) we recorded last week, DC announced some changes coming to the new 52. And I tell you, they are dead set on keeping the number of official comics at 52. Because first of all, they announced six comics that are getting canceled as of April. uh, All canceling with issue number eight. And they are Blackhawks. Hawk and Dove, Men of War, Mister Terrific, OMAC, and Static Shock. Um, aside from Men of War, I'm not really gonna miss any of those. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much. Hey, you, you said you were kind of into Black Hawks, but I—I I hadn't read anything past the first issue.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but it was not—it's not something that I'm gonna really be missing, put it that way. Yeah, it was just uh, the best of the worst. <laughs> it's well. Hate to say it that way, but that kind of describes a lot of that, yeah. Which still put it
1: at the top ten, probably.
0: No, <laughs> God. I'm being rude now, <laughs>
1: but anyway, with the cancellation of those six comics, they have announced six new comics that are starting up in May. The first one we're gonna that they uh, talked about was World's Finest. Now, traditionally, that title is reserved for the Superman Batman comic. They're throwing a little twist on there, and I have a to wonder twist? if some of this is in. Well, yeah. Because they're, you know, they're both still in the families and what have you. I have to wonder if some of this is in response to a lot of the criticism uh, DC received uh, per their female stars, because it's going to instead star Power Woman or Power Girl and Huntress. That's yeah, okay, maybe not a little twist.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they're going with the same kind of, you know, the the gadgets kind of character with the superpowered character kind of thing. So uh, I can see the the similarity that they were going for that said I don't know that I don't know that the chemistry between the two is going to be as good as it was between Batman and Superman. So and I'm hoping that they're not just going to try to emulate that relationship in here.
1: But also that lack of chemistry could lead to more dynamic and interesting stories as well.
0: It's possible. It's it, possible. That, that, that's if you have a lot of faith in DC's writing as of late. You will think that perhaps it is highly possible. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing that kind of <laughs> has me interested in that series is that I've heard it's going to be tying into the Earth 2 series. Earth 2 is taking place on another Earth, uh, the second Earth in the 52 universes. And it's actually written by James Robinson, who for me is a great legacy writer. He writes those old school characters very well. He was instrumental in relaunching the Justice Society. Back around 2000, they were great comics. And that's what Earth 2 is. It's the Justice Society back on their home planet where they started off before the crisis merged everything together. And what interests me, that's why World's Finest interests me, because Power Girl and Huntress are two of the exiles from that Earth 2 that got kind of melded into our world. And I've heard that a lot of the comic is going to be them trying to get back to where they belong. Hmm. Okay, that might be cool. All right. Aside from that, we've got Dial H, which is a reboot of the old Dial H for Hero comics that started up in the 60s. Uh, basically, a normal everyday guy. Shenanigans are afoot. He goes to a phone, dials H-E-R-O, and is bestowed with phenomenal cosmic powers. Okay. Really? That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> G.I. Combat, which uh, actually seems to be sliding in right where Men of War uh, was on the slot. You've got The Ravagers, which is a spin off crossover thing, uh, taking characters from Superboy, Teen Titans, and Legion Lost and giving them their own series. No, no thanks. And finally, coming into part of the new 52 is the rebirth of Batman Incorporated. And you and I are probably two of the only people in the comics world that hated that comic, so.
0: I'm not impressed with any of these that they're bringing in like I mean yeah the, the 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 alternate earth one and the the stuff is going to has a potential to be interesting, but it's not anything that I'm looking at and and am excited for and saying, oh cool like you know when they were talking about the the new Batman Beyond stuff and the new justice League beyond and stuff like that that's like okay, I'm looking forward to that. that's the difference I'm like, oh, I can't wait this stuff it's like. Pfft, I'm really ambivalent. Just based upon the work
1: Robinson has done with those exact same characters in the past, Earth 2 is
0: the one that I will, you know, at least try. Oh, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll read them and I will and I'm going into it with an open mind and I'm, I'm hoping they'll be good, you know. Um, and they may very well surprise me and be fantastic. But it's not like I'm chomping at the bit, can't wait to read them. excited for it. I'm just am not. And there's also a whole
1: host of other changes going on at DC. Creative teams, I, I don't think they're going to get to 10 issues with the same creative team on any of the 52 comics. They're swapping around writers and artists like they're going insane. Rob Liefeld. People know how I Your feel about buddy. Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I, I, I hate to sound like a jerk, but I was happy when I saw Hawk and Dove got canceled. <laughs> God. Only to find out Liefeld is taking over as writer and artist for Deathstroke. Now, first of all, the only thing worse than Liefeld drawing is Liefeld writing. And second of all, this is hilarious because years ago, Liefeld straight up admitted that when he created Deadpool, it was a ripoff of Deathstroke. (laughs) He has come full circle. (laughs) And he's also doing uh, the plotting, not the actual scripting, for Hawkman and Grifter. So, sorry, guys. (laughs) Anyway, we're gonna to get to actual comics that we're reading and hopefully liking. <laughs> I wanted, I really wanted to talk about Defenders this week. Uh, we had the second issue come out a couple weeks ago. As I've gone on saying to anybody who will listen, I'm in love with this comic. So before we get into the meat of it, <laughs> you're just dying
0: to know if I'm enjoying it. I, too. <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta know. You know what? I've been enjoying it too. I actually, yes. I actually <laughs> thought it was, it was good. It, it, I mean. It's not anything truly original. no, it's not anything that is spectacular. It is equally full of cliches as most comic books. and yet there's something to it that's fun. There's something to it that's 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 good. It's I think. A fantastic character dynamic, with the exception of the fact that they're just making Doctor Strange and Iron Fist seem like womanizing jackasses. If they yeah. could tone that down, because it's too much. It's well, like, oh, come on, give I'm me I'm okay birth. with
1: it with Doctor Strange, but yeah, uh, that's completely with Iron Fist. It just, Iron Fist. F- yeah,
0: it just was absolute stupidity, and and the the whole thing with him too on the plane with the comic book and the the uh, the not wanting to vomit and the this and that and you're going like, really, that's this is what you want for Iron Fist? Maybe I just haven't read enough Iron Fist in the past. Maybe this is who he is. It just it just came off stupid, especially when you look at how he was in the Daredevil stuff recently, and it's like, man, he was freaking epic in that. And then you get him in here, and he's just a sort of womanizing comic book reading jackass. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, sure, he can shoot a freaking bullet out of his chest and seal himself <laughs> up, and then be ready to freaking dropkick someone on the fly immediately afterwards. Okay, that's kind of cool. But... Uh, the other stuff wasn't that cool and and strange. I like Strange. I've always liked Strange, and and yet here the 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 stuff with him is like, I think I could deal with it more with Strange than with Iron Fist, like you were saying too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because just, Strange yeah. has battled a lot
1: of his own demons over yeah. the years,
0: figuratively and literally. <laughs> it just let me put it this way too. It it felt it for lack of a better term, it felt more mature with Strange and mm-hmm. with Iron Fist. It was just this stupid childish oh this hookup was bad for me oh come on please i mean i don't know i just i I, if they could take that portion out everything else was actually kind of cool i was digging it it was fun all right so let's get into it now uh
1: defenders is written by matt fraction who as we said in the past Good Matt Fraction, Evil Matt Fraction. This one is thankfully Good Matt Fraction, at least thus far. With uh, art from the Dodsons, Terry and Rachel, who uh, you may remember from that great Breakworld arc arc on uh, Uncanny X-Men. And they continue that trend of just great art here. Absolutely love it. Uh, The Defenders are a very old school team. Uh, Back in the day, they consisted of Doctor Strange, Namor the Submariner, Silver Surfer, and the Incredible Hulk. And they were... Occasionally they had other people tag along. They were the supernatural team. They're the ones who defended the Earth against all the things that the Avengers couldn't handle. And uh, I, I forget where it was. I think it was on Comics Alliance. The absolute best line to why you should care about the Defenders is, when Earth needs help, they call the Avengers. When the Hulk needs help, <laughs> he calls the Defenders. <laughs> That's That alone kind of just sets the tone. That is awesome. Because it's spinning out of fear itself, and it's taking the element of uh, Null, one of the uh, serpent's gods who had possessed the Hulk and went on rampages and, you know, fear itself was over. Null actually stayed around uh, as what they're calling the Black Hulk. And I love the way Hulk explained it here. He's like, if I am all of Banner's repressed rage personified... Null is all of my things that I've been holding back personified. If the Hulk had a Hulk,
0: it would be this. That's bad news. The The thing is, is that I hadn't... Obviously, you read it before me, the first issue. And so when you were telling me about it, I'm thinking like, who the hell are they going to fight? Seriously, who is that dangerous <laughs> that this crew can't handle? I mean, let alone the freaking Hulk and and the others but you got freaking silver surfer seriously there's someone who's going to be giving silver surfer a hard time apparently there is (laughs) a couple somebody yeah really and a magic wand
1: (laughs) so hulk goes to strange strange assembles the team uh he brings in his buddies namor and silver surfer and silver surfer has changed a lot over the uh recent months even uh His little mini-series that came out last year, I really enjoyed. And it was a big change in the character. He just kind of wanted to get back in touch with things instead of being that soulless, emotionless
0: being he's been for so many years. You're going to see him in a diner in uh, (laughs) Middle America pretty soon with no change Mm -hmm. in his pockets. No pockets. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: it does say a lot about the team dynamic that Namor isn't a jerk here. I mean, sure, he's still his smug self, but these are people he actually respects. And I think that goes
0: a long way to setting up the team dynamic. It, I think I would have gotten annoyed real fast if Namor was Namor. You know, if, <laughs> if, if he had been his normal self, it would have been too much and been like, I ah, forget, it. I don't feel like reading this yeah. crap. But he's not. And he's actually quite fun in this.
1: And uh, since the Hulk can't get close to Null without potential catastrophic results, uh, they bring in another heavy hitter in the Red She-Hulk, Betty Ross, uh, Banner's ex-wife. And, well, since they can't take the train everywhere, they call the one guy they know with an airplane in Iron Fist. And I know we've said so much over the months about too much narration in comics But I like what they did here of the introduction to each character was in their own thoughts. If you're somebody coming in fresh and you're not familiar with these characters, I think those couple little pages that they used to introduce each character went a good way to setting everything up.
0: Within reason, yeah. Within reason, Mm -hmm. I agree. The, The only problem was is that those introductory pages for both Strange and... Iron Fist were the ones where they're acting like womanizing jackasses. So that will put people off. I think it it very nearly put me off because it's just not fun to read. And then you got Namor who, I mean, he didn't come off terrible, but Namor never comes off great. Let's be honest. (laughs) And so, so yeah, so there was a lot of that that was like, "Mm," but luckily what occurs afterwards kind of redeems those, those few minor exceptions. And, you also through those scenes that's when you started getting the
1: bits of humor that they're interjecting in here and it's not bad humor this is, it i chuckled quite a few times reading this like when uh strange is using the tea bag to tell his future and he's got the letters a r g and e he's like agar and he's like rage oh tomorrow's not gonna be good yeah. or she hulk calling namor mr spock <laughs>
0: the best part I died yeah it was funny but the best was when she got Um, Dr. Strange to scare her so that she could get out of the the, the cage that she was in. That was in the second one, though, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And that there cemented the team for me because all of her quips thereafter (laughs) when she's referring (laughs) to Strange, (laughs) that was just priceless. That was fantastic.
1: So here we are halfway through the first issue and we have our team. That's, like I said when I first talked about it, that's not something that you'd think is physically possible anymore in modern comics, well, to go 10, 12 pages and have a team together. Yeah. So they go off to find Noel, and they run into this nut job called Prester John. Prester John is a magical time-traveling hero from the lost city of Avalon in the Middle Ages. Let that sink in for a minute.
0: And yeah, basically, he's just a nut job with magic powers. (laughs) It came so far out of left field for me that it was like, okay, I'm just going to roll with it because if I try to make sense of this, I'm going to have to wiki all this crap. And then it just, (laughs) your immersion is gone at that point. Luckily, though, it is done in such a way that you can just kind of roll with it. I mean, it's not perfect, but you can.
1: See, this is when I like Matt Fraction, when he brings all these absolutely insane out of left field ideas together. And it works because it, by the time we get to the end of the second issue, they're talking about the concordance engine that balances the harmony of the universe and that Prester John wants Noel to destroy it because this universe sucks and he wants to go to another one. It completely
0: insane, yet it works. I don't know that it works per se. When, when, when you can show this freaking little statuesque thing that looks like it might just be a, you know, something that you'd put your hamster in to run around in <laughs> and say, This is the heart of the universe. And it's like, no, that's what I put Sally the Gerbil in so that she can get some exercise. Well that gerbil that work. is
1: doing great work for the universe, let me tell you.
0: It just doesn't work. Anytime you're saying here's here's the secret of the universe, here's the secret of life, here's this and you personify it with a something, whether it's an eye, in this case a, a terrible looking maze statue or something like that it in my opinion that's when it fails to work Uh, so you're saying this little freaking statue if he destroys that boom this universe is done really really so this this is one of those times where
1: my experience with comics kind of leads me in directions that perhaps are completely wrong we've been we've been there before but being a fan of the Defenders in the past because, hey, Ghost Rider used to hang out with them and I loved Ghost Rider. And, you know, Fraction and all this stuff, I can kind of see where things are going
0: here and I'm liking it, hopefully. I'm willing to keep reading it. Put it that way. I mean, okay. Even with a few little problems, I'm still willing to yeah. keep reading it. It is good.
1: And one other little thing I want to put out, point out is those little footnotes at the bottom of the pages. Oh. It's a throwback <sighs> to... You know, the old 70s Marvel, which is what Defenders itself is, a throwback, where they used to put these little advertisements in at the bottom of the pages. And that's what you get. Stuff like, oh, yeah, check out New Avengers, you know, this and that. But at times, Fraction has them going a bit off. <laughs> Just these weird phrases and stuff. But it's so jarring. It it kind of sets a tone for me. I don't know. I It might be me. I don't know if you kind of got it. But hated other it. friends I
0: know – see, you hated it. Okay hated it took me out of the story anytime anything is taking me out of a story it fails now there's a difference between flipping a page and seeing an ad and seeing the little ad at the bottom as part of the image there that that removes immersion in my opinion and when he was trying to be cute with some of them it was like no no don't try to be cute no that's i i really
1: didn't like it at all See, I I did really enjoy it because the the ad parts, I could kind of gloss over those, but when you get to the non-ad parts, that's when it kind of triggered some things for me. Like when She-Hulk finally decides, oh, the Hulk needs help. I'm going to help you out. And right there at the bottom of the page, it says, everything you love will die. That's kind of, like I said, it kind of sets a tone for the story for me and how they just gets bizarre as the story gets more bizarre. I was
0: really digging it. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have little notes that are part of the story and then part notes that are advertisements the ads I, I have got to be can. ads the, no the whole point of an ad is to try to sell something that's but, the i mean I, I i disagree i i know where you're coming from it's the equivalent of having you know someone on csi holding a, a a mac and it has the mac logo on it so you know that that's product placement or a pepsi or whatever so it's that kind of thing but the difference is is that that fits into a story it's part of a whole so it's it fits in with yeah that's what the world is whereas this is just you know, by Secret Avengers, whatever. What? And then the other one is actually immersion into the story. So it's like, no, that's not no longer product placement. That's messing with people's heads and trying to make sure that they read the ads because it might very well be something that is actually part of the story. It's manipulative instead. Well, they manipulated me well
1: because for me, I saw it as the ads were the thing balancing out the weirdness that it, It gives you that feeling that, yeah, something is definitely wrong here, and it kind of has that whole meta effect for me, and it's going to appeal to different people in different ways, or in some people, not at all. But, hey, I got you to like a comic. That overall is a win for me, because I can't remember the last time I did that. They haven't all been bad. I'm not that hard to please. Come on. Yes, you are. Shut up. (laughs) All right. And the other comic I actually want to talk about today was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, specifically issue five, which just came out. And I we've talked before about how they're doing this relaunch well, how they're twisting the established story to make their own unique thing. I really like what they did uh, with the cat kidnapping Raphael and the turtles having to spend years hunting him down. It really established the character, why he was so much different from the other four. I just really liked what they did in those first four issues and then issue five comes out and what a twist <laughs> it, it, it's something i did not see coming until the actual issue reading through it like i saw where it was going before the big reveal obviously but I really wanted to know what you thought about
0: Made this. of win.
1: Beginning Thank to you. end, <laughs> okay. made of
0: freaking win. This <laughs> for two today. This, was, this made the Defenders look like freaking chump change that you wouldn't even bother picking up if you saw it on the ground. I'm sorry to Matt Fraction. Yes, it was very good. But in comparison, and it's all subjective. Not everybody's going to agree. I get that. But again, a large part is we like samurai stories. Mm-hmm. So for us, this is going to mean more. And this... The way they blended the two different generations, the the different freaking species, (laughs) the way they made it work where you cared about both equally and how how they tied in and how they're forging that new history for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. And... Beginning to end, win. I was blown away. Absolutely loved it, loved it. And dude, the freaking art was just, it was like it was made for this. It was, I loved it. And I absolutely
1: loved how they're tying the classic Turtles into what most people today think of, how throughout all those first four and a half issues, they all had the red headbands because that's how it was in the comics. They all had the red headbands. And yet at the end of the issue, Splinter gives them their colors you know that we know from the cartoons and the more modern interpretations i loved that it was a nice touch
0: it is it, it's so far honestly i what they're doing with the stories to to make it to make it new and upgrade it and everything else has not been so far removed from what we know that it's 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 something that we can't accept and yet it's just enough that it's exciting to read and that's that's a fine balance that's that's hard to achieve that and this does that in spades
1: and please note we're being deliberately obscure here because this is not one of those things I want to spoil for people if you haven't been reading the comic read it. Even if you're not a fan of the Ninja Turtles, it's a good read. And issue five just elevated it to a whole nother level for me.
0: Well, what I like about this too is that it stands well on its own. So if you did not read one to four, don't feel like you have to Mm -hmm. go out and read one to four to thoroughly enjoy this one. You can literally, you could start at this and continue reading from here on out if you wanted to, if you can't find one to four. This was just even as a standalone issue, absolutely fantastic. I I loved it.
1: Who would have thought these two old dudes would love a Ninja Turtle comic? (laughs) Please. All right, so we're going to get into what we've been reading. Uh, I only have one this week, and it's not something I want to talk about at length yet. Uh, I would love to do an episode about it, but I think it needs a little more time <laughs> to to flesh out the story, and that's Fatal. Uh, what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, the new uh, Ed Brubaker comic, uh, the supernatural noir amalgamation that he's got going on, and I'm just really into it. I like what he was doing there, and... The first issue is, of course, all set up for what's coming later, but what he's established here definitely makes me want to continue reading it, and uh, once the story gets to a point where we can tell what's going on, I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail. My turn? Uh, you haven't read that one yet? No, I haven't,
0: actually. Oh, you get on it. All right, yeah, go ahead. What all you right, got? Fine, then. Um fine, Okay, a few of them, but I'll be as quick as I can here. Punisher number seven. Oh. The... the, the I think because I loved the movie Seven so much, I'm, I'm enjoying this even more. But you can't help but notice that it's a complete ripoff. It was an entire issue without Frank. Seven. But that's the thing. I enjoyed it because of that. Yes. and And not to say that I've got anything against the Punisher character, just that this was, it was all about character. And, and character development without using the main character and yet developing his character. And I thought it was fantastic. But, I mean, it's basically it's Morgan Freeman is all it is being <laughs> awesome, which is what Morgan Freeman does. Even to the point of flicking and playing with the knife, it was like, oh, can you get more obvious, really? But it works. It was good. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do for the last issue now. Um, what else have I got? Oh, the, the last uh, Batman, again, more with the Owl Society thing. Oh, yes, um, uh, that's coming up. I
1: think next week we'll talk about that at length.
0: Very good. The last, yeah, I didn't read the 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 one that's just coming, obviously, but I got caught up on the one that I missed. The last one. It was very good. Um, What else was I going to talk about? Oh, I read. uh, I got caught up. I got caught up on the Uncanny X-Men. The and I. Okay, let me be very clear. (laughs) The last (laughs) one was all right. The last one wasn't bad. I, I, I enjoy parts of it even. Up until then it was the same old crap that I wasn't enjoying. But the last one I did, it was like, okay, well that was good. Phenomenal? No. Eh, that was good. So that was that. Um but I got caught up also on Wolverine and the X-Men. Huh. It's gotten better. <laughs> I've been I'm enjoying it even more now. Suing the Hellfire Club? <laughs> I'm getting sued by Wolverine! <laughs> Fant- and the fact that they got Daredevil <laughs> to give them the summons, it was like I loved it. I I I really 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 enjoyed what's I've been enjoying what's going on with Wolverine and the X Men.
1: To even add on to that, um, somebody I'm assuming they're connected with Marvel is running a series of Twitter accounts. The first one is the Jean Grey School, and they've got about eight other accounts of various staff and students and it's hilarious it it i've had a rough couple of weeks at work and yet every time i pull out my phone and read something from them i'm smiling they they do morning announcements every day um last wednesday they live tweeted a future history class taught by Deathlock. it it's just been fun if you're on twitter check them out okay make sure to add it to our cbi account i want to check that out yeah, I think uh, I have it added to mine, but I'll swap it over too.
0: Okay, uh, and uh, the last one, oh, dude, now it's gonna take me a minute to remember what the hell. It... Oh, the um, X X twenty three, not the last issue because I don't think that's out yet, but the one before that. So it would be number twenty, I believe. But anyways, that one there, where you see what's going on now with the her going off to the Avenger, with the Avenger Academy, I believe, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, was a very good issue, very well written. You're not looking at a ton of action in it, although there is some. It's all character-driven, and with a character as complex as X-23, that's that's something that's very difficult to do. But it also sets the tone for what we can expect from her, where she's going to be, for people who like the character and would like to follow her in another series. I really enjoyed it. So now I'm looking forward to seeing that last issue and to see what's, what's going to come from it. Yeah, she actually popped up in uh, Avengers Academy a couple issues ago, and
1: she's cool there. Like, her her little dynamic she has going on, you know, she's the scary girl, <laughs> you know, kind of stays off by herself. But uh, I'm enjoying her there. But then again, I'm enjoying that comic overall. Okay, that's it. All right, so running into today's new releases for Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man 678, which actually looks pretty crazy from the previews I've seen of it. Avenging Spider-Man number three, Daredevil number eight, and this is the first time I've had Daredevil on the list since the first issue, and only because it's a continuation of last week's amazing Spider-Man story. Apparently Daredevil's really good, a lot of people are liking it, just not for us. Uh, Fear Itself, The Fearless, number seven, Generation Hope, number 15, Ghost Rider, number eight, that one's actually going to be ending pretty soon itself, Invincible Iron Man, 512, New Mutants, number 36, Ultimate Spider-Man, number six, uncanny x-force number 20 uncanny x-men number five and venom number 12 along with the hardcover fear itself journey into mystery collection which of course i
0: absolutely love dude there's a lot in that list to read there's a (laughs) lot on that list to read It doesn't get any better (laughs) for DC. We've got
1: Batman number five. Must read. DC Universe Presents number five, which is the last issue of their little uh, Deadman story. Finally, we get issue number two of Diablo. I actually haven't read issue one yet.
0: Uh, No, I haven't either. I'm actually dying to read that.
1: Green Lantern Corps number five, Hellblazer 287, and Wonder Woman number five. And we've got a big lineup from everybody else this week, too. From Aspen Comics, the first full issue of Dead Man's Run. Absolutely can't wait to check that one out. Dark Horse, we get the fourth and final issue of Mass Effect Invasion. Uh Dynamite Comics brings us Voltron number two. God, I loved that first issue. (laughs) And from Image,
0: we have Chu number 23. You didn't even have to talk about anything else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Morning Glory is number 15, so... Hold on to your wallets, folks. (laughs) It's an expensive week. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And that's all we've got here uh, for issue 61 of Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. As always, feel free to send us some emails, either Vince or Roger at comicbookinformer.com. And we'll see everybody next week.